just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. We're starting a brand new week. We're another week deep into 2022. That much closer to November 2022, the midterms. As I've told you before, for the Democrats, the next 10 months or so are going to be a sprint. They've got a lot to get done and not a lot of time to do it. So they're pushing hard. And a lot of things are coming out in terms of evidence and information about Donald Trump, his administration, sitting members of Congress, and Republicans in general. And you can see they're starting to get nervous. People are starting to get angry because they're having trouble fighting against clear evidence and information that is coming out. I've told you before, in my mind, Donald Trump is a narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological liar. I have some experience with those kinds of people, and I know exactly the process they go through. For most of their life, they're bullies. They rant, they rave, they intimidate, they terrorize people. And people typically, because these people are powerful, will fold up and die and they will get their way. Well, there comes a time in all the lives of narcissists, sociopaths, and pathological liars When they start to get cornered, you see, evidence and information comes out that they can't dispute. I mean, legitimately anyway, they will always dispute it, but they really can't use their tactics anymore. They distract, they divert, they try to intimidate. But once they start losing ground, there's really no place for them to go. They get backed up into a corner, and they start getting hit with all these things. And that's exactly what's happening to Donald Trump and some of these sitting members of Congress and Republicans as a whole. They're getting hit with things that they can't answer, and there's too many of them. Donald Trump can't juggle all the investigations and all the lawsuits. He can't stay on top of everything. So when he gets to this point, what he does is he flails. He gets scared, he gets angry, and he starts pulling shit out of his ass and saying anything, hoping against hope that something will stick. But this is a point in time in a narcissist's life is the most volatile time for them. Because this is just a precursor to them crashing and losing. Because this is always the way it goes. They get caught. They get caught up. And they start losing ground. They thrive on control. And the only way they can control people is through intimidation and bullying. But now you've got too many things coming at them. They can't divert, distract. They can't gaslight anymore. Because all the information is right there. It's in their own hand, in their own words on audio tape, and they can't argue about it. So what they do then is they go to another angle. They try the distraction tactic, and they start complaining and ranting and raving about those things. And that's where Donald Trump is now, 
and I've said this before, I'll say it again, with a narcissist like this, when they get to this point, when they're getting nervous and they're starting to get uh, cornered, this is when the spiral starts. This is the beginning of the end. Now, narcissists would have you believe that they're strong and they're powerful and they can bowl you over. But in fact, it's mostly just insecurity. All this bluster is nothing more than cover for the deep um, insecurities that they have. This is their strategy to handle that uh, emotional problem that they've carried all their life. They've learned that if they can bully and overwhelm somebody, they can win and get their way, whether they're right or telling the truth or not. It doesn't really matter. People get to a point, somebody big and powerful comes at you and says, white is black and pushes you to the limit. Ultimately, a lot of people will just give in. And it's not just people. It's businesses. It's lawyers. It's even courts. Because they know what can happen. This guy will do whatever he can to tie things up forever. And presumably, if he was a billionaire, which he's not, but if he was, he could let this thing run for decades and decades. And he's tried to do that in many cases. But unfortunately, with Donald Trump, what typically happens is he loses. He keeps using that strategy even though it never fucking works. We're seeing it now with the National Archives and him trying to hide all those documents. He went to a federal court, an appellate court, and the Supreme Court. He lost every time. And now all that is out there. And he didn't want that exposed for a very good reason. Because all the information about the insurrection was right there. We now know that Rudy Giuliani was helping the people that were creating the fake certificate of assertions, the fake um, fake electors. That wasn't just some crazy thing that some crazy people did. It was actually part of the strategy, as well as sending people to the Capitol and uh, creating that insurrection. Donald Trump's really good at inciting people because he will not fight his own fight. He will try to get bailed out. He'll try to use money. He'll try to use bullying. And then he'll try to incite other people to protect him. And that's what he was doing with the insurrection. And also with these fake electors. He went to them, got them whipped up, and now they do these certificates that are phony. Now they're on the hook for subpoenas and possible indictments. And these are serious. These are like 20-year terms. These dumb people followed what Donald Trump said because they thought he was doing the best thing for them and this country. But what they soon find out is that's not true. Donald Trump was just trying to protect and enrich himself. And those people were nothing more than pawns. I don't know if they realized that at the time, but I guarantee you what. They do know they're pawns now, and they're probably not too happy about it. Some average guy signs on this uh, certificate, this phony certificate, thinks he's doing the right thing. Next thing he knows, he's getting subpoenaed by Congress, which he'll have to attend, or he will go to jail, and then maybe ultimately be indicted for crimes that he didn't even realize he was committing. Now, he should have, but he didn't. He thought he was doing the right thing for Donald Trump. Now, as I say, at this point, Donald Trump is flailing. He is scared. He's in that spiral part of the process. The next thing to come is the crash. 
As more and more of these things mount on top of him, he's going to lose more and more control. And that is the absolute worst thing that can happen to a narcissist. Actually, there's something else that happens to him that is kind of part of this whole thing that really is the worst thing. The worst thing you can do to a narcissist is embarrass them, call them out for their lies, and prove that they were lying. That is when they lose their shit. And to be perfectly honest with you, Donald Trump is starting to lose his shit, as was displayed in his rally in Texas the other day. He said Democrats were trying to put him in jail. (laughs) See what he's doing there? He knows he's getting cornered. And he knows he can't really do much about it. So he's screaming out for help to the people that love him, hoping against hope that somebody out there can do something. But what might they be able to do? Well, that's interesting you should ask. (laughs) He called out prosecutors. He said they were racists. Prosecutors were racist. And he said his supporters should hold the biggest protest we have ever had in cities like New York and D.C. and Atlanta. Get what I'm saying here? New York, D.C., Atlanta. That's where all the investigations are going on against Donald Trump. And he thinks they should have the biggest protests ever. What does he really mean by that? Well, he said he didn't incite the people in D.C. on January 6th, but he certainly did. It's proven by the recordings of the speeches he gave. Now, granted, the insurrection didn't work, but Donald Trump is flailing. He's got really nowhere to go. He can't lie his way out. He can't persuade his way out of these things. So he's got to do something. And the only thing he's really got in his arsenal is a repeat of the insurrection on January 6th. He got off on all these people fighting for him, risking their lives and their futures to fight for their Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump and his people floated some ideas about these insurrections, insurrectionists prior to the insurrection that, you know, we would probably give you a blanket pardon (laughs) Well, it's funny. These people tell us it was a perfectly nonviolent event. These were just tourists. These were just protesters. So prior to the insurrection, why would anybody need a pardon if they weren't doing anything illegal? You see, they knew exactly what the fuck they were doing. They knew exactly what was going to happen. There's no question about it. But he says they should have the biggest protest we have ever had in cities like Atlanta, New York, and Washington, D.C., if prosecutors do anything wrong or illegal. See what he's doing here? He's inciting riots again, blatantly and in your face. He said these prosecutors are vicious, horrible people. They are racist and very sick. They are mentally sick. They're going after me without any protection of my rights from the Supreme Court or most other courts. In reality, they are, they're not going after me. They are going after you. This is a typical Mark narcissist. He can't do anything, but, so he calls them names. He, 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 he calls them out. 
Now, where he's coming up with prosecutors being racist, I don't quite get that. He's mad at them coming after him, and he's saying they're racist. What is he saying? These prosecutors are racist about uh, rich old white men? Come on, Donnie. Even you aren't that stupid. And then what he does is he puts it back in the laps of his supporters. They're not really coming after me. They're coming after you. He's trying to strike some fear into these people. Like he said, we're going to lose our country unless you go fight like hell. He's doing it again right here. Here's a guy that says he didn't incite a riot, but now here he is again inciting a riot or riots because he's talking about multiple cities. He's talking about prosecutors who may be doing wrong things or illegal. Well, in his mind, it's all subjective. What they're doing is perfectly legal, but in his mind, if it goes against him, it's illegal. It's not good. And all his base will concur. And then ultimately, they could very well create another riot or insurrection-like event. And people are taking it seriously, to be perfectly honest with you. District Attorney Fonnie Willis of Georgia. You remember, she's the woman that's investigating the um, attempt by Donald Trump to overturn the election and overthrow the government. Remember, he called the Secretary of State and said, hey, I just need 11,780 votes. That's all I need. Why don't you find them? Which is perfectly illegal, and we've talked about that in the past. <clears throat> but but District Attorney Fonnie Willis is concerned about this. She saw what happened on January 6th. She's seen some of the activities of these people like the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, the One Percenters, or just the typical dumb Trumplefucks that follow along and do anything. They're dangerous. Donald Trump just told them to go to the prosecutors and protest. Protest is a code word for fucking attack. Because honestly, that's all that Donald Trump has left is to attack. He's beyond the point of distracting, diverting, or gaslighting. It's all too clear, too, all too apparent. All he can really do is go to these people and say, they're lying, it's fake news, it didn't happen. And then start spewing other things that are absolutely untrue and hope uh, of getting these people to believe that shit. And unfortunately, they will. So, Fonnie Willis of Georgia, the district attorney, has asked the FBI to make a real risk assessment about her building and all the buildings around her. And she's also asked them for protection. Now, some people might say, well, that seems a little uh, over the top. Well, is it really? We saw what happened on January 6th when Donald Trump said, hey, you've got to go fight like hell. You give a speech like this, and we know the investigations are going to be in the news every day. Is it so far-fetched to think that some of these trump would create a disturbance, a riot, in front of the prosecutors' buildings or nearby buildings? It's not at all crazy to think about. To be perfectly honest with you, that's the only option that Donald Trump has at this point. He's losing big time. He's, as I said, in a spiral. The only thing that comes after that is a crash. Now, see, here's the problem with narcissists, though. 
they get to a point where they're losing and they're flailing and they don't care about anybody else. They're only concerned with saving themselves. So they'll burn down the world around them just to save themselves or to prove that they were right or at least make people believe that they were right. So this is a very dangerous time in this country and with Donald Trump. This is a time when he is the most dangerous. And people have to understand that. Both the FBI, any other law enforcement, Congress, Joe Biden and the administration, this is a very dangerous time for somebody with this kind of emotional trait. When they are cornered and they have nowhere to go, two things happen. The first thing is they fight and they get crazy. When they can't win the fight, then they disappear. They run because, again, they're fucking cowards. And that's the way it's going to go with Donald Trump. Now, if he just run away and hide and shut his mouth, we'd be cool. And he will ultimately do that when he knows he's failed and he's embarrassed. It's a lot, the worst thing you can do to a narcissist is embarrass them. They don't know what to do with that. They have no more control. The perception of them is gone. And, you know, that's the whole point of, of what, what the uh, House Select Committee is doing by bringing out all this evidence, bringing it to light so the general public can see. Donald Trump can try to hoodwink his people and maybe confuse some people in the middle that could go either way. And that's where he gets enough people to vote for him. That's how he got 71 million votes, or actually 74 million votes. But fortunately, Joe Biden got 81 million votes and kicked Donald Trump's ass. So we're at a dangerous point with Donald Trump. If we thought January 6th was the last violent event, that's hopeful thinking. Because as it gets tighter and worse on Donald Trump, he is going to start flailing more and more. And he's going to be imploring his people to go out and fight for him because he's being mistreated. He's being persecuted. And he's going to make these people believe it. And these people are dumb enough. Dumb enough. I mean, if they're not smart enough to get fucking vaccinated, you think they're smart enough not to go get into another riot? and uh, risk going to jail? Fuck no. They think they're saving this country from communism, which is just fucking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, what's happening is a lot of the Republicans who have been kissing Donald Trump's ass because they feel like he will bring them votes or that he they're afraid that he may primary them, they'd always side with him. But this is becoming a bridge too far. You can't go out and cite violence and stand by that, even if you're the biggest ass kicker in the uh, kisser in the world. And uh, the proof is in the pudding. Lindsey Graham is now saying that what Donald Trump said about pardoning January 6th rioter is inappropriate. Oh, really? You think inappropriate? That's much worse than that, Lindsey. But at least you spoke out against Donald Trump. We'll see how that works for you and what Donald Trump says and does to you. Because uh, he's not going to like that. 
he's going to make your life miserable. Probably more miserable than it already is because you're probably in that investigation in Georgia because you made a call and a fucking visit to the Georgia Secretary of State. So you're probably as guilty as Donald Trump is regarding the attempt to overturn the election in Georgia. But Lindsay said, look, I think if anybody committed crimes, caused an insurrection, hurt people, they should go to jail. Well, that, there you go, Lindsay. That's, that's really a tough thing to say. Bad people should go to jail. Well, those bad people were there because you didn't put people in jail. You didn't get Donald Trump out of office in the impeachment. You and the Senate said, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to uh, find him guilty and we'll just keep him as president. So, Lindsey Graham, you're just as culpable as any other senator in the U.S. Senate that allowed Donald Trump to continue on after two impeachments. Had you impeached him the first time, we would have gotten away with not having to go through a lot of problems. Even if you'd gotten the last one, we probably would have been gotten away with uh, away from the insurrection. But now you couldn't do that. Lindsay, you're culpable. So is Mitch McConnell. So is every other fucking Republican senator there is. There isn't a Republican senator that has the guts to stand up against Donald Trump, even though he committed sedition. He caused an attack on the U.S. Capitol, even though the people in the Senate and in the House were at risk of being killed by this crazy fucking mob. Even still, they can't stand up against Donald Trump. I appreciate what Lindsey Graham did, but it's too little, too fucking late. And Lindsey, you got your own problems ahead of you. I wanted to bring up one thing, too. You know, we talk about police departments. We have George Floyd. We had Ahmed Aubrey. That wasn't a police officer thing, but attacks on black citizens, innocent black citizens. And there's a report of something that happened in Nevada. A black man spent six days in jail in Nevada because police misidentified him as a convicted white felon who was more than twice his age. Can you imagine that? They're out looking for an older white guy who's a convicted felon and, uh, What they do is they pick up a 26-year-old black guy who isn't a felon and put him in jail for six days. How do you make that mistake? Don't you have some kind of, uh, I don't know, description of the person you're looking for? Don't you have fingerprints or pictures or fucking something? But somehow they felt it was right to keep this young man in jail for six days, and he doesn't even look like the... uh, the suspect. See, that's the kind of things that's happening in this country. These are the things that people of color are angry about and those allies of the people of color. These injustices are going on all the time. They get exposed, people go to jail for them, and they still continue. What the fuck is wrong with people? How stupid can you be? So now this uh, black man, his name is uh, Shane Lee Brown, is now suing the police department in Nevada for $500,000 in federal court. And uh, if there is any justice in this country, he'll win. 
we're in America. The patriots love to say, we're free and we should be free. Well, Shane Lee Brown wasn't free, and it was for no other reason than he was black. We need this country to be free, and we need to somehow straighten out our police departments so we don't have shit like this happen. This is an embarrassment. Anybody tied to this thing should be fired immediately. This kind of thing should not fucking happen. But we'll hear about it again. Some other thing just like this will occur, and everybody go, oh, no, it was just a simple mistake. This was not a simple mistake. This was deliberate, and it was racist. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. As I was saying in the first segment, with all that's going on with the investigations and those sorts of things, we know that sitting members of Congress were somehow tied to this insurrection. And they're being exposed for who they are. It was real easy for them when they could just lie, call fake news, and there was no proof. But now there is some proof. And these people are so ignorant, they do stupid and flagrant things. They do it blatantly. And it's hard not to see. And it's hard for their constituents not to see. Not only are their constituents angry, but they're embarrassed by who they elected to this office. Marjorie Taylor Greene appeared on a public access television show. It was in her district in Georgia. Now, what you have to understand about Marjorie Taylor Greene, Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't live in that district. No one was running for the seat, so she swooped in there, rented some shitty little apartment, and then ran for Congress un- opposed. So it was a freebie. It was an easy deal for her to get into Congress. And that explains it. I mean, she's so blatantly stupid. She's so blatantly racist and criminal. Who would vote this clown in? Well, you can't hardly blame the district because she was the only one running. If she got two votes, she wins because nobody was running against her. So I don't know how much her constituents liked her in the first place. But she's getting a little heat now. She was on this public access channel, and uh, a woman called in and said to Marjorie Taylor Greene as she's sitting there on camera, smirking like a dipshit, this woman said, Thank God for Joe Biden, and you are an embarrassment to the state of Georgia. If you haven't seen that video, you got to check it out. You got to take a look at how her face appeared when this woman said that. That was the last thing she was expecting. I mean, the fact of the matter is, she's expecting to be applauded for her aggressiveness and her stupidity in Congress. But now people, her constituents, are starting to get a little iffy about her because, well, she's an embarrassment. She's foolish. She's ignorant. She's stupid. And these people are feeling embarrassed that they voted for her. And now they're starting to kick back. There was another caller uh, and uh, took Marjorie Taylor Greene to the woodshed. She was admonishing her for, and all the Republicans too for that matter, for not accepting Joe Biden as president. She said, look. Donald Trump won in 2016. We didn't like it, but we accepted it. 
But here you are talking about how you're not accepting Joe Biden. You're fighting against Joe Biden and the Democrats, and you're getting nothing done. We're tired of it. We're embarrassed to have you representing us. And again, the look on her face was priceless. I don't know if she understood what to do. She didn't do anything. She didn't say anything because she was embarrassed, and rightfully so. And she deserved exactly what this woman gave her. You see, what's happening here is that these people that were loud and proud and nobody called them out are now starting to get called out because the evidence coming to light is pretty embarrassing, pretty compelling, and pretty damning. It's impossible for them to deny it. So now even their own constituents are seeing it and calling them out on it. And that's the worst thing that could happen. Understand, if you're a representative in the House of Representatives, you run for office every two years. You don't get a six-year term. you got two years. And she's got a uh, an election coming up. And her chances of winning that election are so slim. She will be out of office and inconsequential and irrelevant fairly soon, probably in 2022, because she's got somebody running against her. And I've seen the gentleman, I've seen him on TikTok and such. I don't remember his name, but he's obviously a much brighter man. He's obviously much more, uh, has, has much more integrity. He happens to be a black man. I don't know if that will matter in Georgia at this point. I mean, they did elect two, uh, a black senator and a, uh, a white senator, both Democrats. So maybe this is a time when Georgia is kind of turning blue. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is probably one of the big reasons for that happening. People are saying, Jesus Christ, if this is our Republicans, I can't even vote for them, even though I'm a Republican. Anybody with any sense or decency would not vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene because she has been an embarrassment. Remember, they've stripped her of all her committee appointments. So she's virtually worthless as a representative. There's nothing she can do. She has no power. That's why she runs around ranting and raving and acting like a fucking idiot, acting like a criminal. So Marjorie Taylor Greene's in trouble, and her own constituents are calling her out now. And that's going to get worse as time goes on this 2022. And come November, she's got some problems. But she's not the only one. In fact, all of them are having problems. But the other idiot I wanted to mention is North Carolina um, Rep. Madison Cawthorn. His constituents are getting a little angry with him. Now, this guy is just as fucking nutty, just as crazy as Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, this guy is calling out for a civil war. He was in a meeting with some group, I don't know, but it was on Zoom. And just to prove a point, while he's on the Zoom meeting, he's not really paying attention. He's leaning back and cleaning his gun. What are you trying to say, Madison? How about do some governing? How about actually doing your job instead of uh, obstructing anything that happens in the House of Representatives? I mean, that's the whole point. The Republicans aren't a governing body. They're an obstructionist body. They obstruct everything 
that Democrats try to do. And if you remember in the 2020 election, uh, did you notice that the Republican Party had no platform? They had nothing that they said they were going to do, and (laughs) they did nothing. And they tried to block anybody else from doing anything. That's what I don't understand about Republicans. You want to vote somebody into office to do absolutely nothing. You're paying them a lot of money, maybe $150,000, $180,000 a year. They're there to represent you, and they do absolutely nothing but obstruct anything that tries to go through. The only thing I can think of the Republicans getting behind and actually getting done is that big tax credit they were so proud of. You know, the one that gave the rich $2 trillion in tax cuts, gave the middle class a little bit of the crumbs. Everybody, I talk to Republicans now and they still flaunt that in my face. And I said, well, that's well and good. If you're happy with crumbs, that's fine. And if you're happy with Rich people that don't need the money getting $2 trillion, that's fine too. But did you know that the tax cut to the rich goes on in perpetuity? But your tax cut is already gone. It was only for a short period of time. How happy about that? And of course, they'll look at me and they'll say, that didn't happen. Oh, yeah, it did fucking happen. Read a newspaper. Look at the bill. Read it. Try to comprehend it. Try to fucking understand it. But they won't. They can't. And they'll just believe whatever they're fucking told. So now with Madison Cawthorn, there is a bunch of his constituents that have gotten together. And they ain't fucking around. They want to disqualify him from even being in Congress now, over and above his next election. They want him fucking gone now. And they're basing it, I believe, on the 14th Amendment, basically saying that if someone was involved in an insurrection or sedition or treason, that they cannot serve an office, any office, House, Senate, presidency. If you've done that, you can't serve. And so these people are grouping together and putting this together and trying to push this forward. Whether they'll be able to accomplish it or not, I don't know. But that should be a lesson to our people in the federal government. There is a 14th Amendment that suggests that. If you were involved in an insurrection or sedition or treason, you're the fuck out. You're booted. You're you're blown out of Congress. Now, maybe they're waiting for all the... Uh, all the evidence to be exposed to the people. Because, you see, that's one thing in Congress they can actually accomplish. The Congress, if they find out somebody who has has, uh, gone against the 14th Amendment, they can expel members of Congress, or even the Senate for that matter. So that won't necessarily even involve the DOJ. Now, they will have problems with the DOJ because if they did something serious enough to be expelled by Congress, well, then they probably did something bad enough to be indicted and prosecuted for. But that's one of the interesting things that we can watch for with Congress as they're going through this investigation with the House Select Committee. They're going to expose a lot of information, and all these little rats are going to be running around 
like, uh, well, I don't even know what you would call it. There are some terms <laughs> probably not appropriate, but um, <laughs> like I've ever been appropriate. They're going to be crazy as a shithouse rat, I think is what I was thinking of. And that's what's happening. They're getting um, hit by so many sides, and they're at such risk of actually being expelled from Congress. They don't know what to do. The Democrats in Congress have the power to expel them, get them the fuck out. If they can prove that they uh, did something that was opposite of what the 14th Amendment expects out of members of Congress. So that's one thing Congress can do. They can expel them. And I expect, to be perfectly honest with you, knowing what we know now and we don't know everything, but when we do know everything, I expect to see people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Paul Gosar, Louis Gohmert, um, <clears throat> Brooks, Mo Brooks, and all those people to be expelled because they were involved directly with what happened with the insurrection, and they would be in violation of the 14th Amendment. In spite of the fact that they haven't used the 14th Amendment as yet, make no mistake, they still can, and they probably will, and maybe that's part of their plan for the Democrats in Congress. They're setting this up so they can start expelling them. Now, we know that there's as many as 100 representatives Republican representatives that had some connection, even in a distant way, with this insurrection thing. Now, I don't expect all of them will be expelled. I think the most egregious ones, like Boebert and Green and Mo Brooks and those people, could very well be expelled. And I think that might be the end game, at least in terms of the House Select Committee. They're going to expel these motherfuckers and get them the hell out of there. And can you imagine what that will do to the Republican Party if, say, 10 representatives are expelled from Congress, kicked out? That's not going to give a good perception of the Republican Party come November of 2022. And I think that's part of the game. It's part of exposing these people, expelling people, and essentially destroying the Republican Party. Not that that hasn't already been done. There is no Republican Party. There are no conservatives anymore. It's the Trump Party. It's the Insurrection Party, the Sedition Party. But now what the House Select Committee is trying to tear that apart, expose them for everything they are, and just destroy the party. And when they do that, November of 2022 looks vastly different than what a lot of people think will happen. They still think the Republicans are going to win. I don't. I don't. Because as weak as the Democrats can be at some point, they put a lot of time and effort into this, and they seem to be timing it out just right. People in the general public have short memories, so they want to make sure all this stuff happens all day, every day, up until November 2022, so no one can forget what these fucking idiots did. And so it's going to be interesting. You've got Congress going after their own members. You've got constituents angry at those members. They're getting hit from every side. And now is the payback time because there's very little they can do. They can't stop it. It's going to spell their ruin, and it's about fucking time. All right, we've got the situation in Ukraine with the Russians. That's a fucking mess. 
You know, we've got Russia amassing 100,000 troops. They've got uh, military equipment. They're bringing in blood supplies. They're bringing in medical supplies. You don't bring that shit in for training. You bring that shit in because you know there's going to be a fight. And, and, And I think that Vladimir Putin at this point maybe overplayed his hand. Because like Donald Trump, he is a bully. He's a narcissist too, but he's a bully. And he thinks he can overwhelm Ukraine and the United States for that matter. They, for some reason, think the United States is weak. And maybe we are weaker than we should be. But we're not that weak. So the U.S. Senate had got together. And they were working on legislation for sanctions against Russia regarding the possibility of Russia invading the Ukraine. And the good thing is that they're very close to a final deal. And the even better part of it is that some of these sanctions would come prior to the invasion. I've said this before. Why would you wait till after the invasion when people are killed and traumatized and land is taken? Why would you wait till then to put the sanctions on? instead of putting them on ahead of time and trying to stop it before it happens. I can't imagine Joe Biden and the Democrats don't see that. So I was glad to hear that the Senate is putting together these sanctions. And uh, there might be some coming prior to the invasion. (laughs) Now, it was interesting. You talk to Republicans, they say, well, Donald Trump put on sanctions. Yeah, they were kind of weak sanctions, to be perfectly honest with you. They had some impact, but they were pretty weak. The sanctions that Joe Biden's talking about are far more serious, far more impactful for Russia. Russia's got a lot of problems economically, and Joe Biden, along with some other European countries, can basically shut that shit down. There's a lot of things he can do that make it very painful for Vladimir Putin and the country of Russia. But here's the problem. We know what narcissists do when they're confronted with pushback. First and foremost, what they do is double down. Oh, yeah? I'll bring in blood supplies and medical supplies. I'll fucking show you. Now, he knows that America is not going to put troops in there and fight with them, but he doesn't know that NATO's not going to do that. And to be perfectly honest with you, if we get a firefight between Russia and NATO and the U.S., it's a fucking mess. Everybody loses in that situation. I think everybody understands that. But all Vladimir Putin is trying to do is win a game of chicken. He doesn't want that fighting. He doesn't want to fight with America. And he certainly doesn't want to to, uh, endure those sanctions because they will paralyze the country of Russia. He don't want to fuck with that. He knows better than that. But he's like those guys. He stood up, acted tough. Now he doesn't know how to back down without looking weak. And the last thing a narcissistic sociopath will ever do is back down unless they have to. And like Donald Trump, I said, you know, once they get in a situation where there's no way out, then they start flailing, then they start get crazy, and they get mean. And that's the problematic thing here with Vladimir Putin and this issue with the Ukraine border. Not only 
is Joe Biden going to have to scare him with these sanctions? And they will scare him, no question about it. Russia does not want those sanctions that Biden is putting out there, and the Senate will provide here soon, this week maybe. He doesn't want any part of that, but he doesn't want to look weak either. So Joe Biden, in whatever diplomacy they do, as ridiculous as it seems in order to get this thing done, and of course Joe Biden wants it done, if it doesn't get done, he won't look very good. They're going to have to get him to step back and stop doing what he's doing, which for most people would look like he bailed, he chickened out. But they're going to have to figure out a way to make Vladimir Putin look good in the process, somehow positive and not weak. Because Vladimir Putin, like Donald Trump, they can never appear to be weak. Now, Donald Trump, nobody cares about him because he has no more power, but Vladimir Putin does have some power and could be damaging to Ukraine and our country as well as his own country. And if he's so bullheaded that he won't back down, he, like Donald Trump, will just let the world burn around him. Joe Biden knows that. So he's got to get him to stop, and he's got to help him to make him look good in the process, which won't be easy. And Vladimir Putin will fight against it. He knows he's got to back off. He knows this. But he's not going to do it unless he can get out of it looking good. And that's what's going to happen. These negotiate, these sanctions will come out. And then Vladimir Putin will say, well, maybe they're serious. And hopefully Joe Biden is serious. They'll put down some of these sanctions before they go into the invasion And hopefully that'll be enough of a pinch to realize that they're really going to do this shit and you're in fucking trouble. Then he'll start negotiating and try to figure a way out that makes him look good. That's how fucking politics is played, and it's bullshit. People's lives, people's futures, people's homes and jobs are all at risk just because of one fragile fucking ego. That's the thing that has to stop in this world. Not just in our country with the likes of uh, Donald Trump or some of the Republican uh, politicians, but with Vladimir Putin. He is a danger to the entire world, and somebody has to take him down, or at least put him in a position where his bullying tactics no longer work. This is going to be a tight one for Joe Biden. It's not like Joe Biden doesn't have plenty of other shit to fucking deal with voting rights, build back better the investigations, all this stuff. There's a lot on Joe Biden's plate. And he's being asked to do a lot. He's done a lot, actually, since he came into office, even though some people would suggest otherwise. But he's got a lot more to do, and that goes back to what I said earlier in the show. This is another weekend to 2022, that much closer to the midterms in November. This has got to be a sprint for the Democrats. they got to be working every day, turning shit out every day, if they hope to make it to the midterms and get these jobs finished. And Vladimir Putin is just one other mess that they got to clean up, but they've got to address it, and they've got to clean it up. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer Podcast. want to thank you very much for spending the time to listen questions, comments, complaints, by all means, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm, find Rational Boomer Podcast, leave a voicemail. Always interested in hearing from you.
So you have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.